here's the wilderness guide taking you on this hike for a couple of days into the woods. That wilderness guide does not know the exact sequence of events that will happen. They cannot tell you when the bear is going to show up. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success, and especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. (laughs) Yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of differing topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. We may call them soft skills, but they are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show. What business are you in? No matter if you're a CPA in practice or a CEO of a large organization or a lawyer or a banker or an entrepreneur, we are all in the people business. And more importantly, we're in the relationship business. My guests today, Will Hill and Paul Miller, will explore different aspects of building a sustainable relationship business in your firm or in your organization. I met both of these guys when they interviewed me on their weekly podcast, pulse of the practice. And we had such a great time along with a bunch of laughs that I wanted the opportunity to interview both of them. Will has been with Thomson Reuters since 2001. He's currently serving as a customer proposition strategy lead in the tax professional segment of Thomson Reuters. Will has spent many years working with firms in a consultative capacity and developing services for Thomson Reuters to aid in the growth and transformation of tax and accounting firms, including the practice forward program. Will has been twice recognized by the CPA practice advisor in the under 40 list. In his present role, Will continues to look for opportunities to help firms transition to being advisory centric in their client relationships as they grow their business. He holds an MBA with a concentration in leadership studies from Baker College and a BA majoring in both business administration and economics from Alma College. Paul is the owner of Business by Design, an advisory focused tax and accounting firm in Edina, Minnesota. Paul brings a unique focus of developing his firm through advisory services as the foundation for his client relationships. His entrepreneurial spirit courses through the firm with a transparent, team-centric approach to bring the most of their customers from the diverse skills and backgrounds of his team. Paul is paired with Thomson Reuters in many events and offerings, including the Practice Ford program. Before we get to the interview with these two gentlemen, just a couple of housekeeping items. Please subscribe to and share this podcast episode with a friend. I would greatly appreciate your support. Also, please visit my YouTube channel, The Accidental Accountant, where you can see this video episode and a number of past podcast interviews. And while you're there, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. 
This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas, LLC, also known as The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a speaker that can bring powerful content, virtually or in person or on-site, that is memorable and engaging in a way that motivates and inspires your audience? Instead of data dumping and numbing with numbers, imagine your people and teams delivering a financial story to your stakeholders, a story that creates engaging and relationship-building business conversations. Would you be interested in learning more about how that is accomplished? How would you feel if the value your facilitator provided your organization far exceeded the dollar amount on their invoice? Peter Margaritas, CPA and Certified Speaking Professional, delivers all of the above and much, much more. All of Peter's programs can be done virtually, in-person and on-site at your location, or at an off-site venue. Send Peter a note at peter at petermargaritas.com and or visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com to learn more about what Peter can bring to your next conference, management retreat, or workshop. Now, let's get to the interview with Will and Paul. Hey, welcome back, everybody. My guest today had me on their podcast a few, about a month or so ago. So I wanted to reciprocate because, quite frankly, during our interview, my stomach hurt because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and my guest today is Will Hill and Paul Miller, and they are Wills with Thompson Reuters. Paul is an entrepreneur and the tax world and actually has a wonderful personality, which blows my mind because most people when I say tax accountants they go they're kind of dry aren't they and I think no Paul's the exact opposite of that so first gentlemen thank you very much for taking time to be on my podcast well thank you Peter that's high praise so keep the joke yeah, glad coming. to be here glad to be here <laughs> so I, I do know you guys like to start off your podcast with some really deep probing questions so that's, that's Will's job how you, how you guys feeling today, and are you experiencing any hair loss? <laughs> well, now that I'm in my 50s, uh, that ends up uh, just naturally progressing on its own. So, yeah, but I feel great. I feel great. The advantage of being six foot five, Peter, is that not many people know if I'm experiencing hair loss or not. <laughs> my brother's six foot five, too, and you're right. I can't tell if he's experiencing any hair loss or not. <laughs> so my, my real question to you to start off is your pod, the podcast, it, it, it's Thompson Royer podcast called Pulse of the Practice. How did this transpire? How, how did this happen? And how did you two meet and become such great co-hosts for each other? Yeah, well, the way we became great co-hosts is I let Paul carry the weight and that really helps. <laughs> no, um, you know, Paul, that's been what? nine years nine ten years probably since we've nine known or ten years that yeah. we've known each other paul's firm made the wonderful decision to purchase thompson writers products <laughs> which all firms should make that same wonderful decision i'm not even paid on commission but uh so one of my former colleagues who did some implementation work with him and his firm management software practice cs said hey will you got to meet this guy named paul 
you guys both think strange. I think you get along well. There's <laughs> something like that, right? And so um, one of our events had a chance to meet Paul. We talked a little bit. And, you know, Paul certainly has a different approach. You know, he's we're looking at this, this wave of advisory and a lot of firms are fresh into advisory. And Paul's been doing advisory for 10 plus years and selling advisory first, compliance second for 10 plus years, right? So he had at that point what was very much unique perspective on things. And so we we stayed in touch uh, corporately and individually, and he had the opportunity to be a co-presenter at our partner summit event. We hold seven or eight of those a year, sans pandemic years. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, you know, we just say, hey, here's another way that you can look at a business model and here's the things that TR can do to help and hopefully give firms some inspiration to say, hey, maybe I want to do things differently. Uh, how am I really helping clients? And so Paul certainly had a message that resonated well. And you know, as clients heard that message from Paul, they started to uh, say, hey, Paul, let me buy your stuff. <laughs> Paul, I'm making up the story a little bit. Fix me when I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> and and, and uh, he's like, yeah, that's my life's work. Not really sure I'm ready to sell that. And I think there was some concern about, you know, Paul, you mentioned to me, you don't want to sell your forms and methods and then have to pick up the phone and be 1-800, how do I be like Paul? Right, right. <laughs> that, that really wasn't uh, your desire. So he and I sat down and, and created what uh, is now known as Practice Forward through Thompson Reuters, uh, where we help firms become advisory-centric in their client relationships. And we use a lot of the forms and tools that Paul has uh, used and proven through use case in his firm, built on those and, and added more with other firms as well. And then a couple of years ago, Paul and I were talking, so, you know, we should just do a podcast. This is kind of a thing nowadays. And we're coming up on our two-year mark. Paul. That's crazy. You want to do the minutes? How many minutes we've been on the podcast together? <laughs> probably not. That's probably not, disappointing. Not really. we, should yeah. say, uh, we should yeah, say how many minutes we actually produce the podcast, <laughs> which is start and all right, see you later. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, just, you know, saying, how do we continue to bring value to firm owners? Because the folks out there, whether their mentality is super progressive or is a more traditional, they're still facing the same types of pressures. Right. And I think that everyone needs some inspiration and people need some kind of thing to say, ah, here's a new idea. And what's a little bite-sized chunk that I could take to move forward. And so we just kind of did it on our own. This was not, you know, I told my company I was doing it after we started doing it. <laughs> so it wasn't any kind of Thompson Reuters deep initiative. It was just, hey, how do we help firms? So Paul, what did I miss? No, I think it's, it's uh, sums up pretty good. I think Peter, you know, when I think back when I first started and met Will and started talking to Thompson Reuters themselves as a company about what we had done, at that time, I was 10 plus years into advisory. You know, it was really looked at back in 2012, 2013, was a little bit more of a disruptive probably service just because it was like, hey, what is this stuff? Like, this is weird. And when I first started presenting at Partner Summit, I would get, you know, the stink guy from people like, are you sure? Does this really work? And, you know, and then I believe that there was nothing that unique about what we were doing. I just believe that it was more about a mentality and a process. And so that's really where Will is a tremendous ability to basically build off of some of the stuff that I know 
And I'm out more probably in the sense on the front lines in the field working with clients. And, and I've been able to collaborate with Will very well just because he brings it back into more maybe the corporate sense because he has more of that background. And, um, you know, it's just kind of worked well together. And I think we, we, uh, we have the ability to kind of play off each other. We both like to be creative and think outside the box and, and basically take it about 85, 90% and then let other people jump on it and maybe polish it up a little bit from there. But anything that's disruptive, anything that's new, you know, it seems weird at first maybe, but then you got to kind of push that forward. And I think the podcast we started to do was just to have more conversation about just different issues going on. And as, you know, fate has it, we were doing them for a few months. And then, of course, pandemic hits and all that stuff. We had boys had uh, plenty of things to talk about, <laughs> about <laughs> what's going on in a firm. And, and, you know, I just try to be real with people and like stuff we're doing. I don't have all the answers. I just try to be transparent with, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm hearing. So your business... We actually keep track of how many times he's wrong. This is the little tally board. (laughs) (laughs) And what's that number up to? (laughs) You know, I'm working with my kids on counting right now. So I'll have to ask them. It's a homeschool project. (laughs) Paul, the name of your business is Business by Design. Right. And as I was reading about your business on your LinkedIn page, you use a word that I just, I literally was jumping up and down. We are primarily in the relationship business. That is so simple, so unique, but so foreign to a lot of accountants. Right. CPAs, I ask, when I'm in front of an audience, I ask people what business they're in, accounts with business. I hear advisory, I hear tax, I hear audit, and I go, that's a byproduct. That's a byproduct. And I almost get them to the point that somebody wants to come up and just punch me in the face. <laughs> and then I go, you're in the people business first and right. foremost. You're in the relationship business. You're in the, you're in the customer service business. Because without the people, you have no business, which is simple. But we tend to forget that thought process. Well, I think in the past, you know, probably maybe two to three, even four decades, education and, and a specific credential. People used to think like, oh, I have this credential and call, you know, accountants, CPAs can do this, attorneys, financial planners, anyone who has a specific technical knowledge used to think that was the badge, right? That was the thing that like, whoa, people want to talk to me because of this. And the reality is, I hate to break it to people that nobody cares, you know, unless it matters to me, unless you fix my problem, I really don't care about what your credentials are. And, And I think that's a probably a humbling thing for people to accept. It's not that it discredits what all the work and effort and energy it becomes to be an expert at something, but that's kind of behind the curtain. What is shown in front of the client is what they want to see. And I think that it's hard because for years in the world of accounting, it's everyone says, oh, this is what we think is important. You know, these are the things we do. This is what's important. And really, if you look at it, Peter, most of it just boils down to simple tasks. I need to do this, 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 and very little of the accounting relationships, tax relationships, advisory relationships refer to leading clients, managing a relationship, and kind of predicting the future for clients. And that is really what entrepreneurs, small business owners, who we focus on, that is what they're starving for. That's what they ask for all the time when I talk to them. They go, tell me what I need to know. No one's ever taught me. No one's ever explained things to me. 
we've got people that can process stuff. We've got people that can complete tasks. But I think the, as an industry, if you're looking to try to change your value proposition, you know, looking at what you do in managing a relationship versus managing tasks, that's a big step. And I'll add one thing because we were talking yesterday to a group and I said, you know, in accounting firms, I said 80 to 85% of the bandwidth, if not even more, is occupied in the side of our firm managing tasks. That's where our resources, so much of our firm's resources are dedicated toward managing tasks. And so little of our resources are dedicated towards managing the relationship. And that's what's got to change in the world of an advisory firm. You've got to be able to have enough bandwidth or resources to start to manage that relationship. Let me jump in on that. And as you're making that comment about the relationships, Peter, two things came to mind. Once, once was, once was, whatever that says. <laughs> One of those is that someone once told me, hey, what business is Starbucks in? And I kind of looked at us, the coffee business. I said, nope, they're in the distribution business. They just happen to be distributing coffee and they've got all the network and channels and all these things to distribute whatever they want. They've got supply lines. They've got outlets available for customers, other infrastructure. It just happens to be that they're distributing coffee and related products, but they're really in the distribution business. And I think that to me, what that means from the accounting firm being the relationship business is you have to realize where your real value is in order to keep growing and moving. If you are just in the tax business, let's take a look at the UK and the making tax digital. What are you going to do when all the taxes are done for you if you're just in the tax business? I'm not sure what you're going to do. And you have to step back and say, I may do taxes as a function, but what's my real value and what am I trying to do? And so if I can reposition that to say, I'm in the relationship business because I help our business clients achieve their goals so that the owners can get what they're trying to get out of their business. Now, all of a sudden, how do I do that? Well, I do some taxes. I might do some payroll work because those things have to happen. But now I'm open to shifting and moving with the needs of the customer, with the dynamics of the environment, whether that be just the general business climate or the regulatory environment as that continues to shift and move. So we've got to be able to take that up a level and say, what is my real value? And I used to say that to the same thing to people I work with internally at Thompson Reuters say, hey, I'm, you know, some of our trainers, I'm a, I'm a trainer on ultra tax. Well, that's great. But what if our next generation product comes along? Being a trainer on UltraTax is not your real value. Your real value is you know how to communicate information in a way that helps that listener apply and become more efficient in what they do. Now I can take that skill and transpose it to the next generation product that comes along. I'm a great facilitator. So we have to think a little bit more about the skills that we're using that feed into the output because the outputs are going to change but it's our ability to use our skill to adapt to a newly needed output that allows us to continue to grow and move with the industry. Absolutely. And as I'm listening to both of you guys, the one thing I hear a lot is we just don't have time. And I don't know if that's just some excuse or whatever, but I do know that between the regulatory environment and, and tax law changes and we've got technology changes and we get all this work coming in, we seem to have our heads down versus up looking forward. And is are we just inundated by a sea of information? And, and I do know the P and CPA stands for 
procrastinate because that's why I became a CPA. I'm a super CPA in that aspect, but we tend to procrastinate until it's like at that last minute. But what we're talking about here is not something that's at the last minute. It's something that needs to be worked on today and every day. Yeah, you know, I think it's this idea that you would, for firms to make a transition, you know, there isn't uh, an accounting firm probably out there that says, hey, we need, be, we need to be more busy. You know, we have plenty of things that we're doing. The question is, the things that you're doing, is it really what you need to be doing? And I think just, you know, going through and dissecting and really being honest with yourself, you know, when you look at the, the environment and the landscape, not only that we're in in the pandemic sense, but beyond pandemic, even pre-pandemic, you know, you've got a human capital issue, you've got the labor shortage, you've got fee pressures that are constantly out there, you've got compliance regulatory issues, changes happening. All these things are all happening. And I, I guess my question is, you know, to a firm saying, do you think it's going to get any better? You know, what makes 2022 better? And so I think we just have to be realists. From being in the business for almost 30 years, I would probably say, I think it's really easy to get caught in this grind of deadlines. Like I just march forward, there's a deadline. Boom, we get past that. Okay, now let's get to another deadline. Boom, done. And before you know it, a year goes by, two years go by, and you just find yourself doing a lot of the same things. And I think it's just important, especially at this day and age, to be able to step back and say, you know, is this really what I want to be doing in 2022, 2023, even 2024? Because the seeds and the actions you take place to, uh, uh, a plant today and the actions you take today are going to be the things that are going to show up down that road. I think the hardest part is a lot of the things we do don't necessarily have an immediate payoff. You know, they're not going to be like, man, I'm sick and tired. It's being sick and tired. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and this is gonna be a whole new day. You know, it's a gradual change, especially for firms that have a sizable client base, right? We have 700 clients and moving those clients and changing and training them to think differently or do something differently takes time. But I think you've got to be resilient to the fact that you can make these changes. It just you have to start with some of the easy things, sometimes some of the little things that can make that fundamental change. So Peter, I think that if you want to find time in your accounting firm, you have to focus on resource allocation. Paul, I'm living up to taking your ideas into the corporate world here right now um, <laughs> by using words like resource allocation. But it's not something that's talked about, especially a lot of kind of small to mid-sized firms. I think a lot of larger firms look a little more closely, perhaps to some of the resource allocation. But I'm also saying that the owners themselves, their time is a resource. How are they using it? Where This is going to sound simplistic, but where can things be pushed down? Well, what can be automated? And now I think we even have to look at what can be outsourced, right? So we've got to look at what's our resource allocation. And part of that may be that I've got to stop doing things. Just because you've always done something does not mean you have to continue. So as you look at your resource allocation, you discover that, boy, we are wearing ourselves thin with a certain type of client or some one-off industries that we're just we might be making some top-end money on, but the bottom line is, is next to nothing on that. We're just keeping ourselves busy. Well, wait a minute, time out that's not good resource allocation. 
And I'm not talking about let's put somebody else on it. I'm talking about, do you need to stop doing that altogether? So I think that most firms don't look at stopping things. They're concerned because customer service is where they put their bread and butter, right? And they say, hey, we just want to serve clients. We can't tell a client no. Uh, we can't do something different after we've already done it one way. But that may be something that you've got to do, right? You may have to say, look, we got a 1040s overplayed, right? But you know, right. we gotta we gotta stop doing the 1040 onlys. We don't have time for that. We're missing opportunities to better learn what's going on, to use our time for business clients, more advisory work for them. Uh, maybe it's we're handling two or three nonprofits a year. Does that really make sense? Nothing against the nonprofits, but are you their best service if you're only doing a couple of those a year? How could you reallocate your resources differently and use that to find time? So I think you've got to take just a really thorough look at your resource allocation, Peter. Are we talking about me? Because I thought that for a while we were talking about my business and I was right there with you. There's a bunch of stuff I need to stop doing. I just have some control issues and I just can't quite let them go. But but, but actually, to the point, all businesses, firms, industry, whatever, needs to take a look at that resource allocation. Go, what can I quit doing? What can I automate? What can I outsource so we can bring greater value to what we're doing? And in listening to the two of you guys, I sort of thinking the job description in a firm, of a, of a partners in a firm, those job descriptions look like they're changing from even two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I care to comment on that t- that thought process. Yeah, I mean, all your job's different. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I honestly say, Peter, even the past year, our roles are completely different. And you look at you know, on a day-to-day basis, the questions we get, the, the demands we have from our clientele is just very different than it was 12, 18, 24 months ago even. And, and this is what I think that people have to wake up to, the fact that we have to stop thinking that, nope, this is what I do, this is how it works, and that you have to be open-minded to the fact that we don't make the rules for this. We are in the customer service relationship business. Our clients ask us and demand certain things, and that's how we get paid in a sense. So we have to be aware that these things are ever changing. You know, when you when I think about you know things even we even did in our firm ten years ago. You know, would I have a senior accountant do? You know, the percentage of time they would spend on certain things. It's completely different now. You know, when you look at how many things can be automated. How many things can be done in a not with a non-technical staff or, or team member? There's so many different things that you can do to find time. You're not going to do that when you just sit back and you're just trying, trying to chase these deadlines. You've got to be able to be actively stepping back and saying, what do I need to do to run a business, Peter, not just, oh, I'm going to let the work run me. Right. And, and I think that's where this this shift of thinking is we are we all are entrepreneurs business owners running our own firm working in our own firm most people in small firms even have a direct impact of the end result we got to know that that implement implementation and change is all up to us and we can make those changes and we just have to be aware that it's changing very fast well i concur he says you know (laughs) (laughs) I like to this question. And thinking about this, the changes of a, of a job description, what we should be doing, and we're customer service centric, client service centric. Should we have the foresight to think ahead 
of what we think our clients need. And I'll go to the point of, okay, we've got these PPP, the EDILs, the MOUSEs that came out to help you know, during the pandemic. And I know some firms did this. They said, okay, I need to understand this because my clients are going to call me. And maybe those who didn't call, did we call them and say, have you considered this? I haven't heard from you. Have you considered this? And if not, we can help. I hear some firms did that, but also, and I'll speak to my, my CPA firm, they did not. They went radio silent. And that just makes me so very happy. So, Peter, there's a firm in the Minneapolis area. Maybe you should give a call to. Um, they could help your business a little bit more. Uh, it's called Business by Design. Uh, so, a phone number? Yeah. It's interesting. It, in June of 2020, I was on the phone with a firm, and we were talking about the PPP as an opportunity for them. And like many firms, they're simply overwhelmed by everything that was going on, the extended tax deadline. They were very focused there. They said, well, we've had some clients call about the PPP stuff. We're trying to work through, should we start with them and figure that out? And I said, actually, I think you should be really afraid of all the clients that haven't called yet. And they kind of stopped and they said, well, we, we don't have bandwidth to help them. Why, why should we hope they call? And the reality is we are in an hype, a hyper-information age. People are going to get their information from somewhere. And so if you've got clients that are not calling you about these things, you have to make an assumption. And I'm not saying it's always going to be true, but you have to assume they're hearing about it from somewhere else. And if they're not calling you about it, then are they getting service somewhere else? If I'm a small business, let's say I have a landscaping company, and I'm in uh, an estate that had some rather large impositions on them, right? So Michigan, Minnesota, Kentucky, something like that. And now we're sitting here looking at the ERTC. And I, I was great. I got some PPP money, had some people get sick, but they survived. Hopefully, I try to keep as many people employed as possible, finding new ways to mow lawns, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> if my firm doesn't tell me about these credits and I hear from some other firm, hey, you've got 10 people. We think that you're actually qualified for about 50 grand. I tell you what, as soon as that process is over, I'm switching firms because one firm is there to help me. The other firm is there to take my money and to do compliance work. So I think you have to assume it's coming from somewhere else. And even if, let's say we assume it's coming from somewhere else. So we called them and find out they've never heard about it, you don't look bad, <laughs> all right? I think you're going to come out just fine. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, and I think, Peter, part of it is that, you know, I, I think what's in the DNA of most accountants is, is just to be right. We're very clear on the fact that we have to be correct all the time. Right. And so what's been magnified to me in the past, you know, 12 to 15 months or so of the since really the pandemic stuff specifically, kind of more started with the tax law changes, um, PCJA even, is that true leadership and true relationship management is not necessarily about being right. In managing a relationship, you don't have to be right. You just have to be present. And so I think that having the conversation with people is more important than being right. And I, that 
I know blows in the face of all what <laughs> many accounting firms really are wired towards. But this, but this is what the shift is. So all this goes down TPP app as Will's talking about these things. And, you know, even take the ERTC. I had that exact scenario last night. A client emailed me. He got an email from an outside source that said, you can get $28,000 per employee credit. We can help. And he forwards this to me and he goes, isn't this what you guys are talking about? Okay. The way the email was worded sounded like, holy crap, he's got 50 employees. He's thinking this isn't a loan. This isn't anything. It was worded very well. But the, there's people out there hustling your clients, poaching right. your clients. And, and those companies are now doing, people, they, they basically were, hey, we're not going to charge a fee. It's all contingency. Yeah, 30%. That's basically <laughs> what they're charging. And, and he sent it to us. And he goes, isn't this what we talked about just a couple of weeks ago? And I said, yep, we got it. And as all the conversation was, now he doesn't qualify for quarter one. We're watching quarter two. But if you don't think your clients aren't being approached or being poached, then you're crazy. Because as Will was saying, there's information coming from all different sources. And I think, so I think we got to move away from the idea of like sitting on the sidelines, making sure we have all the facts. We know exactly what we need to do to really just being present in the moment and saying, this is what we know. This is what we don't know. Once we know more, we'll let you know. Well said. You no, know, I think uh, about, I think about this in, in terms of like, you're not ready for this example, Paul. I'm just going to let you know that right now. <laughs> okay. This is in, 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 in terms of a wilderness guide. Right. And so here's the wilderness guide taking you on this hike for a couple of days into the woods. That wilderness guy does not know the exact sequence of events that will happen. They cannot tell you when the bear is going to show up and they can't tell you when it's going to exactly rain on the fire and when you're going to get a rip in the tent or anything else like that. But they're there because they're prepared for whenever it happens, they know what has to happen in order for us to continue reaching our goal. Right. That's deep, and that's, it, that's real deep. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, that's, that's the way I view this is it's not about that. Oh, I can't do this job and take a client somewhere because I don't know what's going to happen. No, but you're armed with all the knowledge and experience that when stuff happens, you're going to put them in the right direction. You know, you're going to send them up the tree when the bear, well, we should get away from the bear example. That's probably yeah, the not bear really example, you one. know, well, the bear example is you, yeah. just have, you don't have to be the fastest. You just want to be faster than everybody else. Right. You know, the That's last true. Person. That's all you need. That's true. That's true. So we won't ask your clients, which one is the slowest one in the group that you're going to push in front of the bear. But I, I you know, I think, I think the example holds despite the, uh, the, the issues with the bear here. The moment. Uh, but you know, it's not, it's not about knowing the exact sequence and the perfect steps. It's about knowing the skills that when you encounter the difficulty, you've got the skills to help them maneuver, navigate, survive, and move forward. And we've got to lean a little bit more into that. And Peter, just add, to add to that too, is I think as Will and I have worked with firms and in, in through Practice Forward, that was one of the bigger issues that sometimes that people have when they move to this realm of advisory. And we deal with people in Practice Forward. Their biggest things is, oh my gosh. What's going to happen? What do I need to do? Because they're so system and process oriented and, and where you have to step back and say, okay, that's cool. I don't care what order things come in, whichever order they come in, I've got ways to handle it. 
And that's one of the harder things I have in sometimes teaching new staff about what we do in the world of advisory. It's not always that it's going to come in the same sequence. However, if I know I'm in this a particular arena, like a particular industry, a particular business, these are the factors that could come into play. At some point, I'm going to need to tackle these things. I'm going to need to teach this entrepreneur about their tax efficiency, bank account usage, record keeping, how they pay themselves. You know, I don't know the order it's going to be in exactly. And I think that's a little bit what I said earlier about something that's disruptive, that it just kind of goes against the grain of what maybe is so ingrained in the DNA of a lot of firms. I refer to that as the ability to improvise and adapt to a very changing and disruptive landscape. Mm-hmm. Yep. And those, the words improvise and adapt scare many, especially in the profession, because they, when you said improvise, what, what does that mean? It, will you, are you trying to make me funny? No, I'm not trying to make you funny. I'm trying to do just exactly what you explained. In this industry, here's the tools that we have. So what comes in, which one do I need to pull off the shelf? Which one can I use? Which one do I need to focus on? And everybody's different versus that system. Right. It's the ability to kind of free yourself of the perfection, which is very hard to do because that's what this profession is built on is perfection a lot. Right. Maybe more accountants need to watch Chopped because, you know, (laughs) in in that show on Food Network, each chef is presented with mystery ingredients, yet (laughs) they know all the core factors where it doesn't matter. They know they have to balance acidity and sweet. They know they've got to do these different things. And so they just have to tap into their expertise and apply it to the current scenario that's in front of them. They don't have to learn anything new. They have to use what they know in what seems like a different scenario, but yet all the main factors are truly the same. They're just disguised differently with different vegetables. I don't know. We keep going. I could have like five other of these analogies here. We're, we're in roll. <laughs> hey, Paul, I just figured out something about Will. He spends a lot of time on the Discovery Network. He does. <laughs> I don't know how he gets it. That's why he doesn't go into the office anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's in Discovery Plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. My kids love food television. Not mine. <laughs> but, 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 well, you're right. I mean, it, it, exactly what you said. And I love the analogy because I, I'm Greek. I'm a food guy. Well, I'm not supposed to own a restaurant, but I don't, but I think that I do in this house. But it's the ability to adapt to what's in front of you, what's what's given to you, and be able to run with it and, and not go, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. It just You know what to do because, you, like you said, you don't have to learn anything new. You just have to adapt, grasp, and take your clients forward. And I think the pandemic is a, just a great you know, measuring stick for firms of like all that, you know, I look at the things that we've tackled and yeah, it's been a hard, you know, I was telling my wife last night, it's just been the last 10, 12, you know, 15 months. It's been tough just because there's all been a lot of things thrown at us, but all the training that we've had before and the work we do has led us to be able to adapt and change to it. And whereas I think that for a lot of firms, it's really thrown them for a loop where, you know, it's like, well, what are you talking about these loans? We're not bankers. You know, why do we care about this? Why do we care about the retention credit? We don't do payroll. Well, you know, all these things impact your client. And I have a saying I always say that if you're near the scene of the crime, you're going to get blamed for it. You might as well get paid. Okay. So you might as well, you're going to get suckered into these things. You know, I would, I have a proposal I'm going to be delivering here after we're done recording. And 
and this is a, a, a business that they're selling their business. And oftentimes when we do business transition, I have a law firm we work well with. So we do a lot of joint kind of engagements and we're able to kind of work off each other. Well, this is one, they have a, an attorney they've worked with for a long time. And, you know, I've met with them a couple of times and I can tell where there's going to be just some, you know, I'm going to have some extra things. And so when I deliver my engagement, I'm going to say, hey, this is just how it's going to work. And this is what you, what's going to happen in the sequence of events. This is how I can predict these things. Now, there's some variables I won't know because I haven't worked with this gentleman. But that's okay. I can manage that. I can navigate around that. So I just think being able to be so, look at the world as being adaptive. And if there's any one thing going forward that's a common theme, you know, in I know specifically in the last year or so, Will, of all the guests we've had on our podcast and the things I personally deal with, you have to know what you see now is probably not an anomaly. You know, what we feel right now is not like, I can't wait for this, everything go back to normal. You know, what if this is normal? What if this is what you, what you see is what you get? You know, are you happy and fulfilled with your business and your life as it stands right now? So I think I was thinking about this earlier this morning, actually, Paul, and where firm owners or employees in firms are sitting waiting for a return to the old ways. And I'm, I'm not talking about like social life old ways, right? But I'm talking about with your business old ways. Those are the ones who are more tired because mentally they're just sitting and going, I'm trying to hold on until this is over and I can get back to what's familiar. And that's exhausting. It is less mentally tiring to say, we're in a new paradigm. What do I need to do differently? And if I can put myself in that mental position of saying, I'm going to do something differently now because things aren't going to go back to the way they were, as I have some success in that change, as opposed, I, I, I get energy, I get inertia, as opposed to just sitting and holding on, watching these waves crash over me going, I think I can still breathe. I think I can still breathe. That's life sucking. That's not energy giving in any way, shape, or form. And so the sooner you can say business is going to be different, let's figure out how we're going to be different now, the more energy you will have, the less exhausted you will be because you're not just sitting there trying to hold on for a reality that is frankly not likely to come. And even if it does return to normal in some weird way, by the time it gets there, that normal is going to be different than what you expected. And then you're going to be frustrated. So you might as well spend less energy, get more energy by looking to change. I know that feels counter, but I think from a mental perspective, that will help with the tiredness is it's not just about, oh, let me take a break and then let me hold on again. That break's not going to do any good. Take a break and then step forward. It's interesting that we spend a lot of time focusing on things we have no control over go to your tiredness. And that's the one thing that improv has taught me is focus on the things I have control over, not the things I don't have control over. And right now, the only thing I have control over is today and maybe a little bit of tomorrow, but I can't go back. I, I can't, I've lost control back here. So I, I can wish it back, but it's not going to come back. So focusing on the things that we have control over to your point brings that energy, brings that mindset 
and gets away the tiredness, but don't get too far ahead of ourselves into that future unknown because now I have no control over that. And it sounds simple to do, but it is very hard to do it daily and consecutively in that mindset. And I think that that is, you know, as a firm owner myself, I think that one of the more exhausting things has been trying to figure out some of the things that are coming, you know, and, and I just think that I can't imagine sitting there thinking like, oh, how can I just grit my teeth and bear through what's here, just hope for something to return? Because as well said, by the time it returns, we're on to the next thing. I mean, so many things have advanced and, and, you know, your perspective on life changes and so many things are just so different now from a perspective standpoint. And I just think we've got, I see so much opportunity, Peter, right now. There's, it's like the wild west in the world of uh, tax and accounting. I mean, you can kind of write your script to do whatever you want. And I've never seen so much opportunity in all the years I've been in tax and accounting as there is right now, where everybody's kind of scrambling to try to figure out what their kind of deal is going to be. And you, you can be right there with them, but you just have to be open your mind a little bit and start to invest in yourself and give yourself a little bit of time to figure that out and not just be driven by a deadline, not just be driven by the work that's in front of you, but start kind of being intentional with what the end result is you're looking for. Well, I mean, I think I started the conversation with that, right? It's, it, you've got to change your mindset about where things are. And until you do that, behavior doesn't change, right? Mindset always comes before behavior. And you may have to take some time, right? Whenever this tax season happens to end, <laughs> yeah. you may have to take some time to, hey, we're going to shut it down for a few days. Not, not to rest, but to reset. And I, I think... Maybe sometimes as humans, we have to separate and distinguish when are we resting and when are we resetting? And if we go into rest when we're supposed to reset, we're going to be tired in a hurry when we come out of it. If we reset and we're just supposed to rest, people are going to be like, what are you doing? Why are we changing things? This isn't the right time. So just being intentional when you step away. Am I resetting or am I resting and preparing yourself that way? So when the pandemic hit, after the first couple of days of me going, what the hell just hit us? What the hell just happened? And I went, I saw my business just for the first half of the year just evaporate, just, just go away. And I just took that time. And I, I still see it. I sat there for two days, two or three days, redesigning my business. So it can survive. And that's what firms should be doing right after tax season is, okay, maybe we did that before. But we still can look into it. We can still predict, but it's not going out way far, you know, that, that five-year plan, but it's at least going out six months to a year. What do we think is going to happen? Start planning for it. And then when something's, when an opportunity is handed to us, assess it, is this something I need to do? Something I should do or something I should not do? And start using that time and redesigning the way the firm looks moving forward. So with that being said, and need to respect your guys' time, I know Paul's very busy. Tax season, Will, well, the Discovery Channel's on. There's something you're I know, missing he's got right now. He's got something that he's got recorded or he's got a stream or something. So Might have to I feel like maybe I should expense maybe I should expense the streaming service. I use some illustrations for a business purpose. Paul, 
How do you think the IRS would respond? Uh, we'll talk offline. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you, said, you said something funny. That how would the IRS respond? They respond? Uh, yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm, they, they tried to deposit, well, they did try to deposit my economic relief, this latest round that came out, into somebody else's account. So now it came back, apparently, and they're going to send me a check, which I should have it by 2024, I think. Well, that's why I got that money. Now I know where that came from. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> You're more than welcome. I hope you enjoy, <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Oh, I lo- God, I love the IRS. So, that's right. Gentlemen, thank you so very much. I enjoyed being on yours. I love having you guys on mine. I, I, I love the attitude, I, I, the humor, as well as the thought. Because I think for those of my audience, listen, it's whether you're in tax, accounting, or solopreneur, entrepreneur, whatever, there's a lot of valuable advice that these guys gave. Listen to it. And how can they find you to? Uh, we can find Will on the Discovery Network. We know that. Will's on the <laughs> yes, so. uh, uh, FBI's top 10 most wanted. <laughs> Now, now. <laughs> hey, you know, if, if anyone, uh, if, if anyone wants to talk to me, feel free to reach out. I have the easiest email address in our company, will.hill at tr.com. And uh, again, you can find our podcast and any of your podcast consumable platforms called Pulse of the Practice. And if you want to email me, email willhill at <laughs> you need to say it right. It's Will Dot Hill. Will Dot Hill. Sorry, <laughs> I screwed that up. Just <laughs> uh, because Paul's in the witness protection plan, he can't get out his right. email. After. <laughs> I like four days to on your behalf. <laughs> Wait, this next Friday you have twelve calls coming up. <laughs> Oh, funny. Uh, you uh, probably want to give them your email address or you just want it all to go to Will? I have a go to Will. I, have a I, go got, to Will. I got plenty of people reaching out to me. <laughs> Perfect. So if you want to get a hold of Paul, send it to Will. You've That's right. Email. Will's my agent. Yeah. <laughs> it's my side gig. Everyone's got no. a side gig uh, these yeah. days. Yeah, as you said, you know, my firm's business by design. We do Pulse of the Podcast or Pulse of the Practice, Pulse Podcast, Pulse of the Practice. Uh, you know, it's whatever. You know, if people want to reach out, reach out to Will. He's got all the smart answers. So, <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so very much. I thoroughly enjoyed the time that we spent. And I look forward to someday, maybe our paths actually cross live and in person. And we can maybe have a Sprite or Fresca, right. maybe. A Fresca. Perfect. Perfect. We'll do. Right. Right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank Will and Paul for their time in discussing relationship building and for the great laughs we had. I will conclude with an improv quote that is fitting for this interview. React honestly and truthfully. Stay safe out there. Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.